Gentlemen, joining me around the world, I say gentlemen because I know I can conduct uh, a largely male audience. Welcome to God Mode, episode two. Now, I know you have been waiting a while for this podcast. I have been in Las Vegas. I've been in the United States. I've been, um, you know, all over the place, uh, getting work done, uh, interacting with the war room, etc. But I preach always in God Mode, my philosophy, uh, living a life that let's say transcends uh, the rules of reality. I, I very much live a life that a lot of people don't even believe is real. Uh, that's why I call it God mode, because it's almost like I have cheat codes on. Um, this man who I'm talking to today, Billy Redhorse, the gentleman mystic, is a man who I've admired since I first came across his Twitter account via some retweets um, that appeared on my feed. He is a exceptionally interesting individual, and he also does not, let's say, play by the rules of the game, uh, so to speak. His life is is very, very interesting. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. Over to you, Mr. Billy Redhorse. Oh, hey. hey, thank you, Mr. Tate. It is, as I've mentioned, uh, off screen. Uh, it's wonderful to finally sit down and have a chat with you. We've we've been talking about this, uh, you know, offline in the DMs for yep. a, a few weeks now. Yep. And I've been very much looking forward to it. Uh, I think pretty much, most folks that are uh, watching us now or that'll watch this on a on a replay you know weeks or months down the road already have some idea of who and what I am about um, i I operate from a very simple premise, and that is this that yes uh, uh, work is required to accomplish anything in this life worthwhile. I do not however subscribe to the position and belief that suffering and misery and and sacrifice is required. Um, and there, that is a distinction that when I was a young man, I probably could not have made very clearly, very well. Um, to just recognize that if, if one works very simply within the laws of nature, uh, don't try to do something that Hollywood says is is magic. You know, magic is outside your window. Magic is is inside one's being, and to be able to touch that and to to uh, uh, make that your jumping off point for whatever it is you want in life, whether you want the supercars that you and you and your brother have, uh, or whether you're like me, you're you know I'm I'm I'll be turning sixty this year, and uh, you know part of my crew you got the you've got the hypercar crew well i've got the gray wave crew yeah you know absolutely. me and my my good my good friend uh chief chuck whitworth yeah. uh dennis hines you know we're we're kind of the, the core of a bunch of old geezers that uh just have have lived life and and experienced life and uh, oddly enough i think for the most part we're all just kind of family guys or yeah. you know we we're we're not uh, super rich. We're you know, but we are incredibly wealthy. We're wealthy in, in experience. We're wealthy in knowledge, and we all seem to have a uh, a, uh, a a different uh, tapestry that we can weave together to make this wonderful, wonderful rug that we can then bring forward and share with folks. Uh, yeah, if, if, I just. If you're young and you're on Twitter, by all means, hashtag Gray Wave. Um, I think I was you who actually started that. Um, some of the most yeah, it was, it was an accident. Guys. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, that was an accident. It was it was in it was right around I think my uh, the anniversary of my first year on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I just said something about Gray Wave, and it, you know I don't know if you're familiar with professional wrestling, especially professional wrestling going back to the mid '80s. Or I 90s. am actually, I am. I used to watch it back in the day. Well, uh, there is a uh, a stable called the Four Horsemen. And uh, it's uh, Rick Flair, uh, Arn Anderson, Ooh. and and <laughs> and I just kind of when I said uh, when I said something about Gray Wave, I said, oh, this will be a uh, a uh, four horseman for the uh, for the old guys, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just kind of stuck, and then yeah. we just took the ball and ran with it. I mean, yeah. and you know, it's it's just it, we've all have acknowledged to when, when we're saying whatever we're saying on Twitter or when we're, when we have the rare opportunity of getting together with people in real life. Look, when we were your age, we wouldn't listen to us either, <laughs> you know, but there was a, a one difference that seems to be consistent between us all. So, you know, we, we kind of paid attention to our immediate elders, but if you had the crazy uncle, yeah, the, the uncle that would uh, he would pull you off to the side and he'd hand you the firecrackers. Mm-hmm. He'd hand you the fireworks and say, here, don't blow up the house. Don't hurt yourself. Go make some noise. Have some fun. But you know, just be careful. Yeah. Whereas your dad has to generally be the one that says, you, you know, you do the right thing. And, do the right thing. Yeah. and, and are you so trying to be do, yeah. when you're teaching on Twitter, because you do have a lot to teach. Are you trying to be the crazy uncle or are you trying to be the, the father figure? Oh, well, the, if it was the father figure, it wouldn't work. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just, exactly. I don't, I, I don't, and I really don't even specifically try to to uh, teach, you know, any age group, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we all have our niches. And mine, I'm not the guy that you learn from from all of my wonderful successes. I teach from the point of the things that I've fucked up in my life. Mm-hmm. I have made so many screw ups. I, mm-hmm. you know, to this day, I'm still. Uh, fixing things and and attitudes within myself that I I uh, planted and ingrained in myself as you know everything from a teenager all the way until my hell, Mister Ted always almost until my mid thirties. Your mid thirties. So it took. And yeah, and I know I know exactly what you're feeling, man. I'm coming up on I'm coming up on on this day. I've been around a while. I'm you know I'm I'm. I'm old and <laughs> I, I, I will not discount that. Yes. I have, because you have lived, mm-hmm. you have lived a lot and you have more yet to live. But uh, I love to give a little uh, measure when, whenever I'm talking to somebody about like this. Okay. So um, 20 years ago, you were how old? 30 12, 12. Or, or 10? Yeah, 12, 12, 12, 12. Yeah. 12. 20 years ago, I was, 39. Yeah. So I, I've been around a while You're a good point, and yeah. I know what I'm talking about. And I like, again, you know, you can tell somebody until they're blue in the face, you know, don't jump off the house. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't jump off until you jump off the house or until you see a buddy of yours, jump off the house first and then, you know, break his leg. Then you don't. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. Be, then you're gonna you're gonna you're, yeah. So now, now you know, this, I, and I, now, this will begrudge the, anybody, you know, doing yeah. that. So, you got to you got to put your hand in the fire and see how hot it is. Now, this is completely unplanned. What are you drinking? Because on episode one of the of the God Mode podcast, I was drinking a Johnny Walker Blue Label. Today, it's a it's a Hennessy Paradise Cognac. But you just like I actually are drinking as well. 
We are close then. I, I am drinking Grand Marnier. Oh, I'm almost, almost the same drink, slightly different glass. But uh, yeah, no, cheers to you. Completely on plan. But I feel the drink makes a conversation flow a little bit better. Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I have, uh, I'm a Scotsman on my mother's side of the family. So truly, yeah. I do like my Scotch. Yeah, but uh, I have been trying to give my liver a a bit of a break this year. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things that getting older, uh, I mean, I, I'm not one of these that says that uh, the the older you get, the more you're definitely going to fall apart. Yeah. But one thing I have seen is that it takes time for me to heal things that it, it didn't take time before. Yes. You know, I can I can scratch, uh, you know, I get a cut or something on my hand, something that would have scabbed over and been gone in three days, even 10 years ago. Yeah. Now it takes a week. It takes 10 days. You know, as, as so a, I know it as a fighter, you know, if it a, does that. As a fighter and as a martial artist, sorry, we, we keep, there's a slight delay in the sound, so we keep jumping over each yeah. other just a tiny bit, but it's okay, we'll, we'll live with it. As a fighter and a martial artist, I actually see this myself, um, even approaching my mid-30s. When I was 24, 23, I'd get my ass kicked in the ring, I'd wake up the next morning, go running, I thought, you know, now, it, it's, not qu- it's not quite the same. The injuries and the bruises, it, it, they last a bit longer, and um, everything hurts a little bit more when I wake up in the morning. Uh, my grandfather actually used to say... Um, I know you're not. Let's 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 not put it in a, a, a vulgar way because neither of me or you like vulgarity. Well, which I'll be wrong to. My grand my my grandfather used to say, he said, you know, when you're a young man, you wake up and you're only stiff in one place. Well, when you get to my age, you're stiff everywhere else. But that place is <laughs> is anyway. You you get the joke. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yes, yes. I, and and, and I, can, I can verify, sadly, but true. <laughs> But yeah. that, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Exactly. Well, you know, time is the fire in which we all burn. So we're all on the same path. Yeah. Um, right. I want to jump right in at the deep end. There is a quotation that is on your Twitter profile. Now, if it, it, it's by you, of course. If you don't follow uh, at Billy Redhorse, the gentleman mystic, please check out his page and follow him immediately. It's a life of delight is the goal. Refinement, manners, and the experience of beauty are the path transcendence in this lifetime is possible. Now, I like that so much, I actually stole it from you and I put it on one of my Instagram photos, but I, cr- I credited mm-hmm. you. It's not stealing you from Yes, credit. you did. Um, I'd like to break that down a little bit because I think it gives a real insight into sort of who you are as a person. So if we were to break it down into three segments, a life of delight is the goal. What, what exactly do yes. you mean by that? And, and what can people following you, you know, ex- expect to learn from that? Mr. Tate, it goes back to what I said, uh, uh, you know, opening, especially among the young hustlers, uh, you, 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 you lose sleep. You have to, you have to grind and grind and grind and grind. And it, and it's, there's pain, there's suffering. You know, I come from a, uh, a very, um, eclectic spiritual background, part of which I'm, I'm actually ordained as a, uh, Zen Buddhist teacher through the Soto tradition. Awesome. And the very first tenet in Buddhism across all, uh, all, uh, varieties of it is the, the, uh, the the first noble truth being all life is translated generally as all life is suffering. I have never liked that from the moment I heard it. Yeah. And because I know it's not true. Yeah. It is not true. So, I, I will give and acknowledge that suffering exists. And as I mentioned earlier, I, take, I, I look to nature for things. I, if, if I ever want verification on something, uh, I will go out and sit 
with a tree. I'll go for a walk. I'll I'll go be by a body of, of hopefully moving water mm-hmm. you know, rather than still water, but even still, there's there's wisdom there. And just look for answers and ask questions. And I, I'm, again, I know that suffering exists, but I had to go many years ago. I, I looked over my own life when I was wrestling with this, with this conundrum. And okay, in my life, I have probably, I don't know if I'm completely honest that I have ever suffered a, a day in my life. Certainly, I have had uh, I have had uh, setbacks. I have had pain. I have had uh, e- events happen that I would never want to have happen again. You know, when you lose a family member yeah. or so, something yeah. like that. But as far as it being actual suffering, anytime I've even come close in my life to suffering, I realize that it was a self inflicted condition, and to 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 just whole cloth say that all life is suffering. Um, I, I have been called a heretic in multiple disciplines and traditions, and it's gotten to at first I, I, I resented being uh, labeled that way. Now I, uh, I cling to it. I, it's a, it's yeah, a, yeah. a badge of pride for me because I, I do my own thinking. I don't yeah. need someone else to think for me and tell, and, and to tell me that, uh, this is the only way to X fill in the blank. So, you know, the, the very simple thing of it is possible to, enjoy life to create the kind of life that i want mm-hmm. and to not suffer see i'm, I'm I, and i want people to know that yeah I'm, I'm far less of a you know that may be one of the most profound things ever said on any youtube broadcast and i want you guys to, to play that back and repeat it if you're watching this a second time um to quote he said every time i found myself suffering i realized it was a condition that was self-inflicted now that that is very very deep now me I know exactly the type of people you're talking about. Do two hours sleep, wake up, take a cold shower, grind, grind, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they, and they preach as though you know, it's some massive uphill struggle that never ends. And you can't have, I mean, my life is all about, you know, after I, especially after I made my first million when I was 28, it's all about pleasure. I mean, I could make five times more money if I had the mindset that didn't allow me to enjoy my life. My life is absolutely amazing. I eat beautiful, I eat big, fat, juicy steaks with my brother every lunchtime and every dinner time. I often wake up next to an extremely beautiful woman. I drive my cars around. I feel the sun on my face. Like, I, you know, people, they, they preach this negative attitude. And that's why I really like uh, the stuff that you are, uh, you know, that you're, let's say preaching. Let's say preaching on Twitter. It's certainly the stuff you're writing about. And it always resonated with me from the second I found your page because that's what life is for. Life is for enjoying uh, I, I did this experiment with a young wannabe hustler who was trying to regurgitate this kind of information to me about, you know, hustle and grind. And I said, name something you can do with money besides spend it. And he said, save it. I said, no, no, no. Inaction is not action. That's like saying, what can you do with a car? Not drive it. It doesn't count. Name something you can do with money besides spend it. And he was like, oh, I can't think of anything. I said, well, that's what it's for. Why are you working so hard for this number that you look at on a screen if you don't, you know, exchange the number going down? for some carnal pleasure, some carnal delights in life, you know? Get yourself the more comfortable airline seat, order yourself an expensive dessert, drink expensive Hennessy or Grand Martel. This is what life is about, and I absolutely love you for that. So that moves us on to to line two. Refinement manners and the experience of beauty are the path. Now, I think I know what you mean by that, but I want you to go into it a little bit. Well, 
Uh, I am sitting here before you now wearing a Brooks Brothers shirt, uh, Crockett and Jones shoes that I paid more than some people make in a week. Uh, I have a closet full of Brooks Brothers and Crockett and Jones and uh, Carlos Santos. And I'm quite content that if they all disappeared right now, I'm okay. I'm quite all right. Uh, I have lived a significant portion of my life wearing uh, jeans that I bought at Walmart and, uh, you know, cowboy boots that were certainly not of the highest quality and and, uh, uh, dollar value. But the whole point behind um, my approach is to to decide what values I I have and then live those values. Uh, I don't need to have 30 pairs of those uh, Crockett and Jones boots. I don't need 30 pairs of Lou Casey boots. Uh, I don't need, and and this is not a shot across your bow. I do not need a, uh, a a Chiron. One, a great example for my mindset. Uh, it's, once I learned that for me what I value, I, it, then it became much easier for me to spend money on expensive things and to not fritter away uh, my money on cheap things because I didn't want to spend it. Perfect example. My dream car is a 2009 Aston Martin DB9S uh, or DB9 GT. Wonderful. And it, oh God, to me, the, I, the most beautiful car on the planet, yes. period. I'm sorry. More than I know, I know y'all have at least one Aston no, between you. My, my favorite car is my Aston. It's very similar to the DB9 in looks. So okay. I'll take it. So the DB9. Now, if so, if you, in, out of the graciousness of your heart, you and you and your brother were to come over here and say, Red Horse, we really like you. You're crazy, but we like <laughs> you. Here, we, have, we are bringing you a gift of a DB9. I would be floored. I would be so grateful. I would be so appreciative. But I would look at you and say, what it would cost for me to go down, go about uh, 20 miles away where the local Aston dealership is, for me to have to spend, you know, $5,000 for an oil change, yeah, $1,000 <laughs> for a tire. Yeah, well, believe me, to me not, I know this pain. To, for me, even... I mean, maybe if I had if I had tape money, I would do it, but I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would be much much happier with uh, I don't know, maybe about a you know. A, well, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. Uh, with a probably a tricked out Ford F one fifty pickup. Yeah, yeah, and that that suits yep. you down to the T as well. Yeah. And just, just, and, 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 you know, not from the country boy perspective, but just, it's, it's a, you know, it's a good reliable piece of equipment. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it fits more in line with my values. Yeah. Um, so when uh, the biggest hurdle for most people, especially, and we, I guess we're going to focus on young guys here because yeah. that's yeah. what I keep circling back to. Uh, you know, I, I was, you know, in the seventies, I was the same way. I had the poster of the Testarossa, uh, you know, up on the wall in my bedroom. Uh, you know, everybody wanted, you know, when I got a little older, I wanted a Ferrari Daytona, you know, yeah. Miami vice and all, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Crockett's <laughs> got one of those. That's a beautiful car. Yeah. And then, you know, I realized later in life, well, hell, I could go out and buy a drop top, uh, Corvette and it could look almost just like a, 
a Daytona and yeah. it, it would cost a whole lot less. Yeah. So, go. you know, the thing that gets a lot of people is that they think, oh, well, all you are is a hedonist. All you want is uh, sensate things. No. And, and I'm running long here, but you know, walk with me. There's it's something very important. And this will, uh, this will probably wrap up every other question you've got. And we can just sit and spend the rest of the time talking about good liquors. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I'm often asked a, a, a very run on question that, uh, that, that people will bring to me. And it's actually, they don't realize that it's actually two questions in one. And that question is this, what, you know, red horse, what, what is the meaning what is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of my life? Like I said, that's actually two questions. It's not one. So you take that question and divide it right down the middle. The first question, the answer is the same for every person that has ever lived, ever will live. The second question, the answer is unique to every person that ever lived or ever will live. Okay, again, the, the original question was, uh, what is, uh, you know, what's the purpose of life? What is the meaning of my life? All right, cut it in half. Question number one, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to live. That's it. Yeah. That's why we are born into this world. Uh, you know, if, if you want to talk about the, you know, the spirituality of things, you can't know what it is to have a fine cognac, to have, have, wake up next to a warm woman or, you know, guy, if, if, if that's your scene. <laughs> and if you're not incarnate and, and in the flesh, you can't know pain. You can't know pleasure. You can mentally be cognizant of it, but you can't experience it. So very simply, the purpose of life is to live. That's for humans. That's for uh, beavers. It's for bugs. It's for fishes. It's for trees. Everything. Question number two, then. What is the meaning of my life? This is the answer that's unique to everybody. And it sounds like it's a um, cop out, but it's not. The meaning of, of your life is the meaning that you choose to give it. So you can either be, uh, you know, miserable, you know, being uh, obliged, being a, uh, a person whose life is accidental, or it can be something that you choose, that you create. You know, one of the things that a lot of folks always say when they start waking up a little bit is, I, I've got to, I've got to, I want to discover who I am. I want to find who I am. Let me tell you. I don't want to find who I am because I'm afraid I might not like what I find. I want to create who I want to be. Yes. And I encourage other people to do that. So maybe that, that in a nutshell is the, the, the core of my whole approach in philosophy. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, like I said, a very profound answer. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of help from this because I mean, a lot of my audience, in fact, a lot of people on take speech are, are people who may not, I've heard of you, uh, young Romanians, Eastern Europeans, British guys who aren't on Twitter, who aren't on the same sort of social networks as us. So this is a uh, really, I mean, it's making my spine tingle a little bit. So it's going to get some, we're going to some, get some love on this podcast, I'm sure. Um, like, so, so, so first, I guess, last of all, in, on this little topic, transcendence in this lifetime is possible. Now, I don't know even myself exactly what you mean by transcendence. Uh, I can tell you what I think it means, but I, I'd like to hear... You're the guy who wrote it, and you're the guy who I copy it from, mm -hmm. and I now use the word uh, after reading your Twitter page. So, so what exactly do you mean? Transcendence is possible. I'm actually I'm using very much the uh, the uh, dictionary uh, definition of the mm -hmm. term. To transcend is to go beyond. Yes. To go to to go beyond limitations. 
um, in this life, uh, a lot of people put uh, a great deal of emphasis and stress on the concept of awakening, uh, also called enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Now, as I said, I have a background in Buddhism. Uh, I have also been, uh, you know, in other uh, more uh, traditional uh, spiritual uh, disciplines. And, you know, people just wrapped up on uh, enlightenment, enlightenment. You know, they want to go to a cave somewhere and meditate for 10 years. And then the secrets of the entire universe will open up, up to them and, yeah. and they will know all. You know, enlightenment is not knowing all things. That's not you, you're not becoming God or God mode like. Yeah. There we go. Uh, en enlightenment is very simply. And this is where a lot of people can't get their legs around it. Enlightenment is basically nothing more than spiritual adulthood, where you 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 grow into who and what it is you 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 have the capacity to be and to become. And you know, a lot of people have that happen, and they they never go be, beyond that. They just spend the whole time trying to recreate a moment or a series of moments. Because you know, enlightenment is not a, a one-time deal. It's not a one and done. It's a it's an on enlightenment is a verb. It's not a noun. Yeah. And for me, in my experience, um, an example that I use, I, I think I may have even written about this on my blog. Uh, you and I, once we're done here, you know, we through the magic of uh, uh, you know our imagination, we find ourselves sitting in a, a fine establishment where. Uh, you and uh, Andrew have a, a good reputation, so we know people are going to take good care of us. And there's a lot of people, so a lot of people you know, some people you don't. I would lean over to you and say, uh, Mr. Tate, and nudge you on the elbow. I want you to imagine something here. I bet you a full 50% of the people in this room with us have had an enlightenment experience. I bet you they have. They don't know what it is that has happened to them. Yes. Some of them might. Some of them might think that they were having a mental breakdown. Uh, some of them might, uh, because they didn't know what it was, they fell back on their their uh, childhood mythologies. You know, whether it was Catholicism or uh, you know Judaism or what or Buddhism or whateverism, and so they they fall into that. Others go absolutely bonkers. They go fucking nuts. But there there are another group of people of which I have found myself to be a part of that say, okay, well, this was interesting. Now what? You know, there's, there's an old, old saying in Buddhism, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You're, you're still the same person, but something has changed. And with me, the idea then is to, okay, instead of just trying to recreate this amazing moment, what, what else is there? And then that's the, the abiding, the, the going over and over and over and transcending and going beyond the, the limitations. Most of the limitations that humans uh, experience are self-imposed. We, yes, we put agree. up fences. We I put agree. up boundaries. And, you know, we, we, when I do teach publicly, which has not been for a, a few years now, and, you know, these, this whole pandemic nonsense has really put a cramp on my style. Um, it's, you know, the, this is the kind of thing that, you know, I, I get together with, with folks of both genders for, 
you know, up to, you know, three to five days at a time. And we just, we just sit and we hash this out. We do ceremony and we uh, understand what it is to transcend. And uh, it's not, it, it's really not as mysterious as people want to make it out to be. Usually the ones who want it to be mysterious are the ones that are wanting to uh, not only make a buck on it, which I don't have a problem with people making a buck on teaching. Uh, I've been known to do it myself, but when you make people dependent, you always come and suck at that tit and they don't take their, take their own accountability and, you know, go beyond there. That's where I have a problem. And that's what, what, what transcendence is, you know, in, in a very abbreviated nutshell for me to go to, to just, out there, go and you know, just I, I live myself, a life of magic. You remind me of a much, much, much wiser version of myself because we share a lot of these. What I call God mode, you call transcendence, almost. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing, and you have obviously wisdom that I am not going to see for another thirty years of my life uh, because you know, with age comes wisdom, and there's no two ways around that. But yeah, the things you're saying, it just resonated with me so well because um, when you're talking about living a moment again and again, it actually broke my heart. I was in England last year and I was catching up with a few friends, um, one after the other, after the other, I went out on various, uh, you know, drinks, lunches, etc., with people I used to know. And a guy I used to know, I won't say his name. He looked me straight in the eye. We were talking about when we were 17, 18 and we used to, you know, meet, start meeting girls for the first time and drinking at his parents' house. And, you know, it, it was, it was a bit, bit of a fun time back then. Um, but I was, I was a bit of a nerd, you know, I wasn't that good with women. You know, I had to learn how to become good with women. And I'm gonna get to that being a gentleman after this, but he looked me straight in the eye um, he was overweight. He was, uh, the, the spark in his eye had left him. He looked at me and goes, you know, those were the best days of my life. And I thought, isn't that tragic? You're, you're now 14 years separated from when we were just discovering how to be men. We were just discovering this world. And you look back as though those were the best days of your life. It literally, it literally broke my heart to hear it. And, um, you know, maybe I'll never see the guy again. He's living his life now and I'm living mine. But, you know, every single year, Every single year, COVID or, or no COVID, I look back and I think that was the most amazing year of my life. Okay, let's go again. Let's up the game. Let's mm-hmm. do something. And because, like you said, the, the, the point of living, uh, the, the reason the, uh, for my life is to live. And then the reason I give myself, uh, you know, to be alive, I guess, is the, the meaning I give myself is just to, just to, you know, enjoy myself and spread happiness and spread positivity and spread joy. I, I mean, I'm not a rude person. I'm not impolite. I'm not vulgar. People don't like me because I can come across mm. that way sometimes. But uh, yeah, I just want to spread positivity and I help people. Right. I approach people. And, yeah. Um, one of the, uh, one of the things about the, about the two of you, and it, it's kind of hard to separate Andrew Tate from Tristan Tate, at least on, on Twitter. Yeah. You know, the, the infamous Tate brothers, and, <laughs> you know, I, 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 there has been discussions that I have had with, with people that you may or may not know that uh, have uh, have spoken very highly of the two of you, and uh, this this and, and I don't want to I don't want to ruin your uh, your your uh, reputation here now. It's okay, but you are as you said, you are you and and Andrew both are both gentlemen uh, yeah. that uh, you you tend to kind of be like pro wrestlers uh, you know, when you're in the public that you're 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 taking your personality and turning it up. To, to 20. Yes. But at your core, you are, you, you really are good men. And that's the reason I've had people ask me before, 
you call yourself a gentleman? Why do you follow these guys? I've seen that. Yeah, they're yeah. they're young. They're young assholes. Yeah. I said, you you obviously don't see what I see. Yes. And you know, yeah, there might be times when I I go, oh good for here we go again. So <laughs> I just I, I I just scroll through something else. Yeah. But then you or both of you will do something, and it and it touches something in me that says, hey, these you know okay. Uh, they are where they are at their age, where you were at their age and, you know, good for good for them. They're, they're farther ahead at that age than you were. So just let them, let them do what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, oh, I mean, I, 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 I respect you too. Like you would not believe. No, and and again, some, you know, so many people don't understand what, well, you know, you're always talking about manners and very rarely do you even you know, cuss online and, well, I mean, I, hell, in, in this conversation alone, I've already dropped two f bombs. Yeah, so I'm not a, I'm not a virgin. I'm, I'm not I'm not uh, yeah. you're a Puritan. So, yeah. but to well, this is this is something to, this is, to know this who is, you are. Yeah, this is something I want to move on to because I get criticized a lot for the. Let's, I'm not going to talk, and this is not the subject of this um of this podcast, but the, for the business I used to run, and uh, essentially for my lifestyle, I'm very good with women. I, I'm known for being good with women. I always have a beautiful girl on my arm, no matter where I am. Uh, any of the big Twitter guys have hung out with me, regardless of where in the world I am, give me a few hours and there will be a beautiful woman on my arm. And some people, some people think that to be good with women and to enjoy the company of, of, of lots of women, because I enjoy female companies, not just a, a sexual gratification. Women are wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful and they make life better. So I always like to have a beautiful woman on my arm. I was at the War Room Summit in Las Vegas last week. I had a beautiful girl next to me almost the entire time. Now, they think, some people, they think that to be this way with women and to cycle, I guess, through women and to always be seen with different women, you have to be mean somehow. You have to be mean and rude and uh, brash and, you know. And I think it's the complete opposite because I am a gentleman. I'm the, I'm the guy who opens car doors, holds doors open, buys flowers. I, I'm a nice Sweet guy, and gentleman is the word for this. And obviously, you have gentleman in your name. You are the gentleman mystic. One, how much and what importance do you put on, on being a gentleman? And two, why do you think these values are, are being lost? Because they are being lost uh, in, in young men. I don't see it. Well, personally, for me, being a gentleman is it, it is paramount. It is absolutely. I have not always acted gentlemanly. Uh, I don't always act gentlemanly now. Now, I can uh, I can give you a list of names of people who I have sat down with that we all do know yep. that can verify without uh, without any hesitation that what you see online from me is who I am. It's not it, it's not a uh, facade. It's not a uh, you know like some of the uh, hustlers like to do that. You know they they do one thing on. Uh, online and you know their life is you know they're still living at home yes. in, in mom's basement not because yes. they want to help mom but because they can't do anything else exactly um so you know i am a gentleman first and foremost uh, again i i don't always succeed there there are still times i'm like any man that uh i'm i'm capable of losing my temper yeah. i'm capable of what, what's the uh, the modern term for it? losing my frame oh yeah and yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it, it it's possible for me and for anybody, but there is a comfort and a delight I find in manners in in uh, certain formalities. You know, I, I have written extensively on my blog about manners, and this is not some perfunctory etiquette. 
that, you know, you have to use this fork and you must always, uh, when you step into a room, step with a certain foot forward. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's not that at all. It is a um, steeping myself in what I view as a, a lineage that goes back beyond history of chivalry. Yes. And it, it's a it's a more um, and this is going to sound wrong again, and it may sound like it's a a shot across the bow at, at, no, at, at no, you, yeah. a, a a a more gentle form of the warrior. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't get in fights anymore. If I if 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 it comes down, I got to fight somebody. I'm going to shoot them. And I have plenty of yeah. plenty of weapons, which I'm, I'm not. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. Never in my life could I do what you have done. Uh, I've, I don't have an athletic bone in, in my body. And it, what's funny is when people hear me say that, and then they think I'm, I'm sandbagging when I go over and can can deadlift over 400 pounds. Yes. Uh, so it's, but th- that has nothing to do with athletic ability. It, 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 it's, it's good technique and desire. Yep, exactly. And yep. you know, wanting to be healthy and, and fit. But I digress. With the gentleman aspect, um, this actually what you see before you now has only manifested in its recognizable form for probably the last six or seven years. You know, for the longest time I uh, traveled with and was a, uh, a, a, a an assistant to my adoptive grandfather, uh-huh. White Wolf. Uh, he's the one who gave me the name Red Horse. And um, um, so I learned at the uh, at the, the blanket of one of the one of the best teachers on the planet as far as I'm concerned, but as always seems to happen with the student or and, and teacher relationships, uh, there comes a point where it's just like in life, you got to be kicked out of the nest and go do your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did not want to be white wolf junior. I didn't want people to think that they were getting a, a lesser copy of my grandpa. Yes. And so I began to, all right, well, what, based on all the teachers that I've worked with, based on the, the stories that I've heard from my grandpa, what are the things that res- uh, resonate most with me? And invariably it came back to decorum. It came back to um, one of his teachers in particular was a, uh, a marvelous, um, um, I can't remember if blue hair was uh, Colombian or Venezuela. I think he was Venezuelan. Uh, um, obviously I just said his name, blue hair. And he would, if, if you've ever seen the, uh, Antonio Banderas movie Zorro. Yes. I have. Uh, when, when the Zorro character was in his civilian clothes and not dressed like Zorro, this is how, uh, blue hair presented himself impeccably dressed, impeccably groomed. You know, you, you couldn't help, but just, you know, even guys were going, damn, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to at least shake his hand. That's, yeah, yeah. And, and so I said, all right, that's, that has always spoken to me. That's who I want to be. So in line with, you know, going back 15 minutes of the meaning that I wanted to create in my life, what, how, how do I want to express this? And then that's when gentlemen, mystic, that's both sides of my personality. That's both sides of what I do. Boom. Yeah. In the Twitter talk, instant brand. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I really wish more Americans were like you, um, because I think uh, as a European, I see the um, when you talk words like uh, 
chivalry class. Uh, you know, in America, it, it seems to be sliding down a slope very, very fast. I was in Las Vegas just last week. I mentioned that already. And I was, uh, I'm the kind of guy I like to have fun. I don't gamble for money, but I was in Las Vegas. I'm going to do some gambling. I actually left $65,000 up. So it was, it was a good day, but I was at the oh, high rollers. Oh yeah. I was, I was at the high rollers table wearing my sunglasses and a, and a tailored white suit. There's pictures on my Instagram. It was a tailored white suit, very fine. I had some snakeskin shoes on and I'm gambling at the roulette table, throwing tips around, you know, being generous, being nice, creating a bit of an atmosphere. And the guy who came up to join me at the high rollers table was again, betting the same as me, maybe six, $700 per spin of roulette. And he was wearing socks, sandals, cargo shorts, a baseball cap, and a t-shirt with like some, some cereal brand on it, like a total Wheaties, something like that. And I just thought he's, he's not just robbing himself of uh, an experience. He's robbing me. He's robbing everybody at, the, at this casino. If everyone took it as seriously as me and or like you and dressed as, as sharply or as fine as, as you would or I would, you're, you're benefiting by adding ambiance to, to this casino that's been here for 75 years, you know, taking people's money. And uh, it, it just, I, it, it ruined my mood to see this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they were serving drinks in plastic cups. You know, I'm, I'm tipping the waitress $100 for free drinks. They bring me over a whiskey and soda and a plastic cup. And I just thought, why is America going this way? And this is unscripted. This is, I haven't written this down at all, but you're just, you're mm-hmm. just inspiring me because you're on fire. Um, why do you <laughs> cla- class is just slipping in the United States, Western Europe too. But you know, if you go to Monaco, to the casino, everyone's in a suit with tuxedo, tuxedo even today. Everybody wow. wants yeah. to be James Bond. Baby. Yes, yes. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Bond, yeah. Yes. But, but not in Las Vegas. Well, and the problem is, it is not a recent development. We are just at the, the you know, it started you know up here and then it starts going down here. Well, we're down to here, but there's still probably a whole lot oh, more to go. Please not. And, Unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, people like to blame my generation for a lot of bad things. Well, let me tell you what. Yeah, I, I am a boomer. I'm on the tail end of the baby boom. So I am a boomer. Okay, boomer. Um, but the thing of it is, it's not, you know, with the, with the members of the gray table, myself, the chief, Dennis Hines, uh, part of the reason that we have explicitly discussed amongst ourselves over some fine whiskey in real life, I will tell you, um, is that we recognize, okay, it's not our fault individually that the world is in the shithole that it's in right now, but we are still part of our, our generation dropped the ball. Yeah. You know, the, the hippies, the, uh, the, 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 you know, everything, there's no responsibility for anything. Uh, everything is, you know, free love and, you know, just do what you want to do. Yeah, do whatever you want to do, and you know someone else will come clean up your mess. Yeah. Well, I've never operated, even in my worst times, I've never operated that way, and I just refuse to bow out without putting up a fight. Like and that. again, the the youth of most youth of today are not going to you know, on a, a good day. They don't want to hear what I have to say, but when I start. You know, when I sit down for an interview on YouTube with you know uh, coat and tie, and it, this is not a halfway. I'm again <laughs> <laughs> Crocking Jones boots. Love it. Yeah, I'm full. It, it, it's it's the full deal because you know I tell you what, and I'll, I'll bet you could confirm this. 
okay, the the guy that was wearing the uh, uh, the kit that you were talking about with uh, you know t-shirt and sandals and socks, yeah. I'd be willing to bet good money that that man has never experienced what it is to wear fine clothes. I believe I'm not that. just talking about clothes that are clean. I'm not just talking about clothes that fit. I'm talking about clothes that some human being put their their sweat, blood, and tears yeah. into making. Yeah, it's not just kind. yeah, absolutely. Now you know I bespoke and made to measure. Yeah, you don't have to go that far. Yes, just do. go out and find good quality uh, clothing and find yourself a tailor, a, a gentleman's best friend. He should have several best friends, but what I'm ought to be is Taylor. Yeah. And go and have things sized. Yes. Well, I, my, my body's not the way I want it to be right now. I got a few pounds on. Okay. You can have it changed again when you've exactly. lost some weight. Exactly. But, um, but to the first time I put on, obviously, I'm a big Crockett and Jones fan because I've said they're, they ought to pay me <laughs> as much Sponsored as I, as I should. Jones. Gold mode. As right. much as I shill for them. Uh, the first time I put on a pair of Crockett and Jones boots, I have had sneakers that didn't feel as comfortable as these dress boots did. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, I even posted on uh, uh, Instagram about it years ago. Uh, I bought a pair of Tetberries. And you know, is it possible to be red pilled by a pair of boots? Because once that, that first pair of boots, I said, I'll, I will never buy cheap footwear again. Yeah. yeah. Now, it doesn't have to be $700 boots. You can, there are a lot of really good uh, you know, options out there for half that price, which most guys would still go, my God, $300 for a pair of boots? Hell no. Like that, you've been, I, I, until you've experienced it. And then, and here's the, the kicker, decide that you're worth it. Also, now, don't go, you know, don't go out and, and put, your, uh, you know, put your future in jeopardy buying stuff that you can't afford. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the the, the joys of uh, building a wardrobe, you know, from the purely gentleman aspect of it, is to to bring things in one piece at a time, and and to and to to construct something because you're not you're not only constructing what's in your closet, you're building who you are as a man. Mm-hmm. And That's very true. you know, be be willing to do that and be willing to. Um, to, to just go with it. Yeah, because I, I know people, I literally know people who earn per month what this guy was spinning per play of roulette, who dress perfectly fine. They, they dress wonderfully. I know people who make it, you know, a thousand, one thousand five hundred dollars a month, and they and they dress with class and uh, and with um, mm-hmm. elegance. And and this guy, you know, it's 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 an American thing that I hear a lot. Like, oh, well, I'm so rich, I don't have to dress up. Well, that's fine. But if you, I mean, you can also dress so bad that, you know, you're dressed so bad that the, the women at the bar also aren't looking at you. So, I mean, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, and uh, I think that, you know, there's a young guy who works for me, actually, um, a young Romanian guy named Alex. And he was out last night and I saw his shirt and his pants. He came out with me for the first time. I was like, you know what, Alex, you're dressed very, very well. Uh, and the kid's got next to no money. But uh, it's not about money. Like you said, it's about, yes. know, it's about caring what people think about you. And I don't think it's good for people to think, oh, well, he's so rich, he doesn't need to wear good clothes. He's a, you know, that's a level of arrogance. Where you know, that's that's arrogance, and its own. That's arrogance, and it's also its own. uh, um, What's the term? Um, uh, Virtue signaling. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I don't. uh, You know. I don't. uh, 
I, I wouldn't dare go out in a Brooks Brothers shirt. Well, you know, you know as well as I do, Brooks Brothers is is an expensive brand generally, yes. but there there are shirts out there. You know, Turnbull and Hasser, uh, Frank Foster. Yeah, and yeah. you know, if you want to go with the brand names, uh, you know, from from Italy, I, you're like, my God. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you, you can buy shirts for, for uh, Hugo Boss is a very good brand. They're they're not that expensive. Sixty seventy dollars, you can get a nice shirt. Get two of those. That's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. you get two of those, and you're and you're and you're perfectly happy. You're perfectly on your way. So yeah, I really do like the way you dress. You know what? All of my jackets. There was a mistake because I came back from Vegas, and half of my tailored clothing and my jackets were clean, but my assistant sent them all away for dry cleaning. So today, uh, you certainly win the, the, the dress competition, but uh, expect to see uh, some finer clothes on God Mode podcast in the future. But everything was dry clean. I even chased my assistant today and said, where are all my clothes? Where are all my jackets? Yeah, they've all been taken away, even though half of them are clean already. But God knows. But anyway, the point is, in Las Vegas, this loser was doing his thing. He was doing what he was doing. But I don't know if it's – I don't really necessarily want to say I even believe in karma, but I kept winning – and I had a beautiful girl on my arm. He kept losing his money, was getting scooped down the hole, and uh, I won. Well, so I was there like, is such a thing. There is such a thing as karma, but yeah. karma is not what most people think it is. You know, karma is not this energy that it's like, you know, you walk into a room and man, this room's got bad karma, man. No, yes. karma is very simply a, it's a natural law, the law of cause and effect that leads to outcome. Absolutely. If Absolutely. you, if you want to, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about enlightenment, Yep. Uh, if you wish to experience enlightenment and be an enlightened uh, being, you have to take the steps necessary to become enlightened. Uh, yes. It is very, very rare that you will just be walking down the hall and suddenly you will be enlightened. Yeah. That, you know, that some some uh, uh, blessed being from on high will reach down and have mercy on you and say, you are enlightened. No, you have to do the things required. If you want to become a pro fighter, you have to know how to train. If you want to be able to deadlift 400 pounds, you can't walk up to the bar and say, I'm going to deadlift 400 pounds if you've never picked up even uh, 150. Yep. Things have to be done in you know, decently and in order. And if you do it, there is no guarantee that there's an outcome, that the outcome you want is going to happen, but you have a much greater likelihood. Absolutely. You would not have won $60,000 if you had not gambled. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> what a simple concept. Boom. Yeah, yeah, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. And uh, and karma is very much, you know, if you do bad things to other people, people are more likely to do bad things to you back. I always say when I try and explain karma in my way, I say imagine the entire population of the world is five individuals living in five houses on the same street. That's the whole population of the world. If you run around being an asshole to everybody, the moment you need help. You know, those are four people who haven't got your back or, or those are four people who will happily stab you in the back, given half a chance. So, you know, putting that out there is going to is going to bring it back on yourself in that way. Yeah, I agree. I don't believe in karma, some magical, mystical energy, but uh, it served me well in Las Vegas. So no, I got lucky over there. Well, you know, people yeah. see people see the term mystic you know, in my name yeah. and they think that I'm I'm talking about Harry Potter and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Magic. Yeah. The, 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 the great mysteries and magic, they are real. They absolutely are, yeah. but they are not what Hollywood has has told us. They are not Harry Potter. They are not that you can't make something from nothing. Everything has to have has to have origin before it has destination, before it has expression. And all the it, it, you know, it, it, it's I'm, I would be willing to bet that the principles that I teach are not unlike the principles that you guys share in the war room. For if you want to, you know, if if, if you want to, uh, I don't even like the term make money. If you wish to create value and earn money, yes. you have to do XXX. You can't 
just sit there and think positive thoughts. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to draw a cute chick to me. Yeah. I'm going to draw money. You know, doesn't no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So to, you know, you, you just take the steps to do what you want to do. And then there is a great likelihood that it's going to happen. You might not be a world champion. You, you might not be the richest man in the world, but you will do okay. Yeah. And that doesn't suck. Now I want to talk before we move on to, because you touched on, on your weight training and I, I see all your, all your lifting and that your uh, stuff you're doing. We also have a mutual friend I want to, I want to discuss very briefly because I want to ask your thoughts on something. But before we get there, so talking about being a gentleman, we're speaking about the way we dress, the way we conduct ourselves in public. Um, mm -hmm. I, a lot of guys follow me. A lot of guys follow me for dating advice, dating advice, relationship advice, how to meet girls, how to date girls. And I always preach being a gentleman. Now you've been, I guess, meeting and dating women. Um, since way before I was even born. Uh, can you talk yes. a little bit more about like uh, about being a gentleman and how it translates to, I guess, success in love? Maybe looking for a wife, looking for a girlfriend, looking for a lover. Uh, can you touch on that a little bit for us? There is no one-size-fits-all formula. Uh, Mr. Tate, when I look back on, even to this day, it, it, I, I find myself looking back on how I carried myself, how I interacted with people, uh, male and female. And I was a class jerk. I was an asshole. Okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was, it was from ignorance. Yes. Uh, I and had, I had a, um, I think one of the worst things that can happen to someone is to either be born into wealth, which I was not, or to be born with an inheritance or an inherent um, intelligence, high intelligence. Mm. Uh, at, in, in the fifth grade, I was identified as, uh, uh, you know, they, I, they put me in what was called a special abilities and talents class. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in elementary school, I was taking high school classes. By the time I got to middle school, I was doing college level stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, my IQ was tested, if not at genius, it was like one tick down below mm -hmm. being official genius level. And because things came to me so easily, I didn't do the work. I did yeah, not, I, I didn't that. think I had to. And so uh, I skated. And then there came a point where the guys around me that had to work, they continued to work while I'm skating. And suddenly, well, it's like, you know, red horses up here and here's all his buddies down here. Well, it, one day I woke up and I was still here and my buddies, you know, were working yeah. work. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I alluded to earlier that I'm, I'm still uh, repairing damage this late in life from my youth. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. So, you know, revisiting uh, interactions where I thought I was witty and where I thought I was charming. I was being a I was being a dick. <laughs> and, um, you know, my uh, you know, when when I was a young guy, you know, I never I never did drugs. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't drink. My vice was girls. My vice mm -hmm. was women. And I know, I you know, growing that. up. At, at the, so and and I wasn't I mean, I certainly I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I comported myself in ways then that uh, today would, you know, uh, be frowned upon and uh, you might even uh, you know, wind up with me with a lawsuit. Now, <laughs> let me let me make it perfectly clear. I never 
I don't believe in forcing myself on anyone. Exactly. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, exactly. But, uh, but you know, that doesn't that doesn't go say that I would not try to uh, talk a young lady into something that she didn't want to do. Absolutely. No. But <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the game. Exactly. Know? Exactly. But uh, yeah, it, 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 in all seriousness, that uh, you know, it it. I, I don't want to say that you have to get to uh, 40 and 50 and 60 before you, you really start getting the grasp of things. But that's the way it was with me. You know, like I said, you you and Andrew both are light years ahead in many ways at your age than I was at that same age. But, so, you know, I, I look at my own behaviors um, and, and it's literally it, I, I adapt so fast and I'm, I'm learning so fast because for a very long time, the ability to meet women and charm women was very much my job. I mean, that's how I recruited women to work on my various websites and webcam studios and that kind of stuff. So it was very much a profession, uh, you know, what I was doing. I, I look at myself, I guess, no, I, I can't really say last year, but certainly when I looked two years ago, how I conducted myself on, on various dates and various interactions or two years before that or two years before that, you know, the further back in time I look, the more of a dick I, I, I see that I've been. And I imagine when I, when I, um, I mean, uh, I hear a lot of women well, my own age and younger than me saying men peak at 35, 45, men peak between 35 and 45. And I can completely agree with that. I think even as a 32 year old, I don't think I've peaked yet. And I think as I'm older, I'm going to look back at how I conduct myself even today and, and be able to find criticisms. But you know, that's the old argument. If I knew then what I know now, and it just doesn't work. Okay. All right. I'm going to interview you now for, for one question. Okay. Go ahead. Define for me, peak. define for me, peak. What did, what are you talking about when you men hit their peak at 35 to 40? I was talking uh, what young when the in the context that these young girls were saying it to me, mm -hmm. peak in terms okay. of attractiveness and I guess marriage prospect for them. You know, mm -hmm. I want to have a family with this guy. This guy looks like he has his shit together. That's that's what I meant mm -hmm. right now. Well, I I, I challenge you and everyone that is watching this video now. You look at some of the men that have taken care of themselves, that have been gentlemanly, that have um, uh, done well. Uh, you know, again, not be. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be wealthy to live rich in life. That's true. That's true. Um, but you look at some. Some now, I'm not talking about old decrepit guys that just they have a young honey on their arm because they have money. Yeah. I'm talking about men that you can look at them. You can see the the energy around them. You know, the, the fact that when they walk into a room, everybody knows it. I know men like and, this. And they, you know, I, I want to be at 85 like that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm at every, you know, every day now I try to, to work a little bit more and more and more towards that. And, you know, following my own formula here, if I continue to do that, when I do hit 80, I'm going to be a bad motherfucker. That's I'm awesome. going to be bad. Yeah. That's awesome. And so it's just, you know, it is a, it's, it's absolutely mindset. You know, the important thing to understand is that people tend to, when they work on something uh, to do with themselves, they tend to focus on one or two areas. Humans are not one or two constituents. Human, all human beings are five constituent elements, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual and in the center of what is a wheel at the very center of this wheel is our creative expressive nature uh, and and it actually has its basis in in biology what is the most basic uh, expression of creation that, that human beings know 
procreation. Yes. So that's why sex is such a big issue for us and why sometimes sex is used as a, uh, a weapon or an enticement. It is, it is at the very center of who we are as, as incarnate beings. So, but if you want to, if you want to fully experience life, you can't just worry about going to the gym or you can't just worry about going to the temple. Exactly. You need to go to both. Yeah, exactly. you have to do both. You can't just work on your emotions. You can't just be a, a brainiac geek. You have to do both. Yeah. All of these things. And, the, and as close to being in balance as humanly possible. That's where this transcendence can blossom and grow into something beyond what your wildest dreams can be. Red Horse, you are literally one of the most interesting people I've ever spoken to. So I've, I, before we had this, this podcast, I wrote down some notes and some topics we were going to talk about. I'm going to skip some because I'm not going to talk about weight training with you. You weight train, I weight train, lift some weights, young guys. You know, weight training is good. Let's skip that mm-hmm. because, you know, there are podcasts more in depth about how to weight train, blah, 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 that exists. Go find those. I've got Billy Red Horse on the, on, on the air for at least probably another half an hour or so. I'm not going to waste time talking about lifting weights. There, we have a mutual friend. Uh, Tanai, the science guy. Now, you used to train with him. My, right? my nephew. Yeah? My now, nephew. So th- this is, I mean, what what do you think of this? I mean, I was going to ask you this because, like you said, with the name Mystic, you'd assume that there is more, I don't know, let's call it, let's call it fantastic kind of fantastic ideas that, that you've had. I met him once, and I don't know if he told you this story. I was in Atlanta at one of the first ever War Room Summits. And he appeared mm-hmm. uh, out of nowhere, and he came to have a drink with us. Uh, we followed each other on Instagram, and um, he looked at my Instagram story. He says, that's the church in Smai, Alabama. I just posted a photo of a church, a small white church with a maximum of capacity of maybe 30 to 40 people, tiny little uh, building. And he goes, I used to go to that church when I was a kid. All my family and stuff go to that church, which is absolutely mm. mind-blowing because in that church, there's about 25 burial sites. And one of them is my father. My father is buried at the same mm-hmm. church that he used to go to as a kid. And that just blew my mind. I mean, no doubt from that part of the world. I mean, if you don't know, I'm half African-American. There's probably some relation to this guy, I guess. Everyone in that whole county of Alabama is, is, is somewhat related to me in, in one way or another. And that was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, Complete coincidence. I mean, what? Do, how? How would a man as intelligent as you read that? You know, I, you know, obviously with a name like Red Horse, and you know, having worked for twenty plus years with my uh, half breed Cheyenne grandpa, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people will come up to me, "Hey, hey, uh, Red Horse, <laughs> I saw, I saw a fox outside my door this morning before we came over here. What does that mean?" So I'll sit there and I'll, I'll close my eyes. And, <laughs> hey, hey, it means there was a fox outside your door. Yeah, yeah I get now, it. I, you know, it. I, I joke about that. I joke about that. Now, there are times where spirit is, is saying something to you. And, but, you know, we, we, we literally read too much into things. You know, yes. I, the, the same I person that came up to me and asked ask me about a fox and didn't like my answer, well, they run home and they grab their new age book about, well, what do foxes mean? What yeah, do, yeah, yeah. well, okay. You know, uh, synchronicities absolutely happen. Um, coincidences absolutely happen. One of the things that is a fundamental of when I take a, 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 a student 
you know, a close level student, not just someone that happens to come to a, a you know one or two day gathering or something yeah. like that, is to begin to understand energy and to be able to uh, move it and to read it. And uh, that sounds, you know, all woo woo. That sounds all, uh, you know, mystical. And yeah, but it's like anything when you know how it's done, it's it's I, I don't want to discount it. And, and say that it's not that big a deal, but it's not that big a deal. It's the same thing as being able to, uh, to uh, digest your food or if you get sick, your body heals itself. Energy, energy. You know, you'll see a lot of times uh, on uh, Twitter, if I'm commenting on someone else's uh, post, I, many times I'll, I'll answer with one word, one word, medicine. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, medicine. I've seen it. Uh, medicine is mine, I believe, as well at some point. I believe you've commented on mine. Uh, probably, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. And to that, you know, people. What do you mean by medicine? Medicine is power. Medicine is life force. Medicine is love. Medicine is 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 vigor, vim. It's 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 magical. It is magic. I do. I don't believe in magic. I know magic. But I also, again, I'm repeating myself. I, magic is not what Hollywood says it is. Yeah. It is not something from nothing. And when you begin to see the connections of things, when you begin to see how things interact, and when you begin to actually understand that not everything is guaranteed, you know, our uh, my, my teachers and their teachers before them have said that um, life is eighty percent pattern and twenty percent uh, chaos. Now, that word chaos freaks a lot of people out, so I'll use a more modern term, chance. Yeah. That, that, you know, that. Things, things are, and we have to have those chaotic energies. We have to have chance. Otherwise, there's stasis. Things become stagnant. So, yeah, you, you might train. Hell, you, you, you might be a training partner of a four-time world kickboxing champion. You know anybody like that? <laughs> there's no guarantee, though, that you will become a four-time world kickboxing champion. You might become a 10 time. You might That's become it. a, you just had your ass handed to you in the first round of your first fight. Yeah, that did happen. But there you, you know, and I, and I bet you got up a better man for it because oh, you were home. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, but the, the, there's so much that we can experience. Don't, don't focus on the, you know, the, as you were saying with your example about the church, you know, what, what, what's the chances yeah, of that? What do you think about that? The, yeah, don't don't you know just just enjoy the magnificence of it you know wow I, as i'm saying yeah. it, the fur is going up on my arm now yeah it, now it that's made, the magic it, yeah it made our uh, it certainly made our, our first meeting and our our, our our uh yeah our night much more entertaining mm. it was uh it was, it was very very cool um mm. we and you me and you share a philosophy i believe from reading into your tweets we share a philosophy now i may seem I know it's been said that Tristan and Andrew Tate are materialistic people. It's been said. I've heard it. I've heard it said mm -hmm. around a, a few times. It's a rumor. Uh, yeah, we like our fast cars. We like our we like our other finer things in life. But we do have a philosophy which I believe you share as well, and that is right now I'm, I'm 32 years of age. I'm living life to the fullest. You have to understand my cars aren't for Instagram. Hey, look at me. You know, me and my brother we go on amazing road trips through the mountains. You know, we, we snake up these windy ass roads. You know, we sit and have, have coffee with each other. So we, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passion of ours. That's why we have so many cars. If I didn't drive them, I wouldn't have them. Uh, so we seem very materialistic, but our, our focus is let's not leave anything on the table. 
let's not leave material things behind when I leave this planet. Um, I aim to have a lot of children. I want a very big family. Um, I don't intend, as you said, about being born wealthy because I am now, I guess if I keep going this way, I'm going to turn from quite rich to wealthy within the next five or six years. I don't intend to give my kids uh, absolutely anything. I, I tend to leave them with nothing, just like uh, I, I was left with nothing. <coughs> Uh, Jackie Chan uh, once said when he was told that he's donating all his money to charity, uh, what about your son? And his line was, if my son is smart enough, he'll make his own money. And if he's not, then he would simply be wasting mine. And I loved that. Ooh, so, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. now, now, you have this philosophy out about not leaving material things behind when you, when you do leave this earth. Now, I have exactly the same thing. Uh, for me, it's about not spoiling my kids. Uh, for me, also, it's about... I guess money as potential energy. Let's see, potential energy to do real things. Crushing all this potential you, energy. You get zero. it. Yeah. You get it. You so, get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, same reasoning. Same reasoning, or what? Absolutely. That's you know, the, the money as potential. You know, I, I, I an example that I use a, a, a time after time after time in a teaching situation. Okay, I, I come to you and I have in my hand a basket of apples that, that I purchased for $5. Yes. Uh, I could give that $5 to you, or I could give you that uh, basket of apples and you, you could make a pie. Uh, you could share them with, with, with some of your girls. You could consume them all yourself. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they're apples. Now, if I was to come to you and hand you a $5 bill, that $5 bill can be anything. Yeah. It can be Anything. it can be seed money for uh, five dollars worth of apples. It can be it can be grapes. It can be a uh, you know five dollars of a on, on a uh, you know an inexpensive cigar. Yeah, a cheap shot, a moonshine. So, well, uh, Chief Chuck will hook you up with the moonshine. He, <laughs> he he's he's starting to take a, a liking to you, so he might give you a bottle of that for free. I love that if I you ask him. <laughs> So, so well, yeah, it's potential. It is potential. And that's what people don't. And that's why people get so weird about money. Yeah. Because they, they know that it's, it's, it's more than just a, it, it's a thing. It can be anything. Anything. Now, granted, $5 of anything is very different from $50,000 of anything, yeah. but it's still that, that ability to be transmuted into literally anything that money can buy and sometimes for things that money can't buy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so that, that the fact that you understand that at, at this age, you are, you are even farther ahead than I thought you were. Well, I thought I, 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 I was having this discussion with my mother and I love my mother. God bless her soul. I, I love her. She's an absolutely lovely woman, but she doesn't understand why I spend money the way I do. Uh, her last job before my, me and Andrew retired her. She no longer works. We pay her salary to do nothing just to be our mother because we love her. Um, so her last job was washing dishes. So she's from a very, very humble background. I come obviously myself from a very poor family. Um, I was explaining to her about a trip I wanted to take from um, Paris to Istanbul. The new Orient Express has been fitted out with three luxury suites. And I was going to get a luxury suite for myself, one for my brother, and a first-class cabin for my cousin. And all in all, for the seven days, it was going to cost £265,000. And I told my mother this number, and she almost had a heart attack. Two hundred. That's about three hundred and twenty thousand yep. dollars. And she was like, yep. three hundred twenty thousand dollars. I mean, you could get a property and this and a house. And I said, Mom, I already have a house paid for. 
I already have a property. I already have money in the bank. I have crypto assets, et cetera, et cetera. I said, you don't understand, mom. I will be a 32-year-old man, probably the youngest man on that train in a first-class cabin on the Orient Express. Like 200, I don't keep 265, you know, with three zeros after it on my phone screen or on the computer, you know, it's just potential energy and it's wasted only if you do nothing with it. That's wasting money. Wasting money is when you leave it sitting in the bank to do nothing. If you die, that's it. And I, t I tell everyone, my financial advice is spend half your money as though you're going to die in, in 40 years and half your money as though you're going to die in 40 days. Because, and then they say, why is that? I say, because you might. And they laugh, mm -hmm. but it's true. And I'd be, I'd be, look like a real jackass if I didn't even have one nice car that I liked now and I got hit by a bus tomorrow with $12 million in my bank account. How stupid would that be? So no, yeah, it's potential energy. Leave nothing behind. I, I, I knew that we'd uh, have exactly the same mindset on that. But this is unscripted, by the way. For everyone watching, I have spoken to uh, Mr. Red Horse with lots of messages on Instagram and a few Twitter DMs, etc. But the first time we've ever actually spoken in this way um, was five minutes before this this podcast started. It's just a naturally flowing conversation. So no, this was not. Um, a few, a few other things. I want to talk a little bit about, um, a little bit about women. A lot of people watch me and they like to know what I know about women. Now you have someone, I guess it stems from, from of course, uh, being a gentleman, which is the essence of your core, but you tweet sometimes about treating men as though they're gods and women as though they're goddesses. And that helps with life. Although you discover that many aren't. Uh, that helps you get by. Now, this isn't necessarily a philosophy that I have, which is why I'm asking you about it. Um, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm nice to everybody, but I don't necessarily take it to that level. Maybe you could teach me a thing or two. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit for the audience, especially when it comes to, it comes to women? I can't make the distinction between uh, the, the genders in this because I'm, I'm looking at humans as individuals, not not just uh, what their plumbing is and, and their, their, their wiring. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, de to defer on that. Now, as to what my intention is when I, when I uh, wrote that, uh, it, just like with uh, trying to, uh, to live my life as a gentleman every moment I'm awake and, and when I'm asleep, it doesn't always work. Uh, and, you know, especially with a lot of what I see in the world especially in the last 11 months, how people are comporting themselves, how they're acting, how they are throwing all logic and good sense out the door because some authority figure tells them to do this or that. Um, my, my good graces with my fellow man and woman are being tested sorely these days. Yeah. So uh, not everybody is being treated as a god and a goddess. Um, and that's, that's my scene. That's, that's a, a failing on my part. When I can let something as ultimately as insignificant as the way I see someone acting uh, impact me, that's, that's a sign that I need to go back to, to, to my space and get my shit together. I agree. And to, to not, I mean, you, 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 if I'm going to be uh, hit with a punch, I want to know that it's one coming straight at me, not one that hits me off yeah. to the side, you know, or, or get rabbit punched or something. So the intent of that philosophy, and when I actually shared it with the world, 
Um, this ties in heavily with the concept of respect and dignity. Uh, I've done a short little uh, video in the past uh, on my position on respect. And a lot of people would think because I, I uh, put such weight on uh, kindness and being a gentleman and, and manners and uh, refinement that um, I think everyone should be respected equally. I do not. <laughs> respect and uh, that does not mean that you don't interact with someone respectfully and 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 with dignity certainly mm -hmm. but honest to godness respect is something that absolutely has to be earned and it's earned through uh, interaction it's earned through through uh, what your character reveals to those around you and um so there there are there are far more people on this planet that I don't respect than there are people that I do respect for that very reason. Yes. Now there is a possibility for me that if I interact with people, okay, I'm, is it possible to treat someone like a God or a goddess that you don't respect? I don't know. I, I, I experiment with that often and I don't have a definitive answer. It has been my experience, like with anything, though, that at the very least, if I treat someone kindly uh, as opposed to nice, I, I'm, I'm one of those that more and more over, over the years has grown to uh, reject the term nice. I used to call myself a nice guy. Uh, nice has grown to mean, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, a, a doormat. Yes, I agree. And I don't, I don't, I don't. Get, now, kind, I, kindness is part and parcel of who I am. I love, and I'm not kind to other people for their benefit. I'm kind to other people because it makes me feel good. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, and the fact that they get something from it is gravy. It's icing on cake. So take that and amplify it to the level of being kind from being kind to someone to saying, it's a, it's a concept in uh, many uh, Eastern uh, spirituality traditions. Um, you may have heard the, the, the term namaskar or namaste, yes, yes. which means I, 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 bow to, I bow to the spirit of, of divinity that I see in you. Mm -hmm. What you see in someone that you like, that what you see in me that you like, Mr. Tate, are things that are in you. If, like you were to be around me like for, to so. if you were to be around me for any length of time and find something about me that you didn't like, it would be something in you that you that you recognize. I believe that. So really to to take that and 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 ramp that up and, and to take it to that next level to to make something magical from it is you know I would I, it, it's not worship. It has nothing to do with worship. When I say treat someone like they are a god or a goddess, mm. it is it is giving the, to, for me. It is giving them the opportunity to experience the godness that is inherent within them. And yeah. when it happens to them, it's going to happen to me. And it's this perpetual motion machine, which is, and, and it's, and it's evident when we act horribly to people. And then, you know, you, you go from bad mouthing each other to, to fisticuffs. Yes. And then, and if it gets really bad, you know, then the weapons are out and it's, yeah. yeah, the guns and yeah. So it, it works either way. So why not, work it to, to, to the benefit of all life on the mother earth. 
that's that's really all that is. That's a beautiful answer. That's a beautiful answer. And I didn't know what to expect with with that answer because in my certainly in my industry, if a guy ever refers to a woman as a goddess, it's a very submissive position. But what you're doing, you're you're being assertive. Then this is the way that we're going to treat each other. This is the way that we are going to deal with one another. And that that is really beautiful. So I listen. I I, I could do this all night, but I've got two more questions for you. The last one. I'm going to say I may be setting myself up for public embarrassment, but that's perfectly fine. The first question I'm going to ask you, um, because I'm getting lots and lots of questions here on the on, on the chat, but it's all essentially it boils down to one thing. So I know you guys have, have asked a bunch of questions, but uh, we could be sitting here for the next three or four hours. Um, and, and to make this podcast uh, possible so that it was a good time for you Americans to watch and you Europeans, it's now 1.20 in the morning. <laughs> I'm sitting up on my computer by myself. <laughs> um, it boils down to this. Essentially, what advice would you give, not a younger version of yourself, these young men? There are lots of young men watching us, a lot of young men who had no idea who you were. They're from Eastern Europe. They're from the UK. Uh, a lot of people who do know who you are, of course, uh, from our Twitter audiences, etc. What advice would you give to young men in general, as broadly as you could, because you're a very, very intelligent guy. And everything you said tonight has like been mind-blowing for me. So please, tell them something. Bless them. You know, the one of the... Uh, there have been different variations of this exercise used across disciplines. You know, if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? <laughs> well, even if I knew it was me, I wouldn't listen to me. I might think, I mean, if, if I told myself, you know, buy Apple stock or uh, if you, if you run into a couple of guys named Tate, you might want to hook up with them, you know, sooner. Yeah. A, a better way of doing that. And it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's not a give me, you have to work at it for it to work. It's kind of a reverse of that. I would suggest to all the, the young men and maybe even the several, however many young women that might encounter this discussion at some point, sit down and don't think of what would happen. You know, what, what would you, uh, what, what would the uh, future you say to you about right now? You know, if you, if you could go back in time and say something to your younger self, do the reverse. If you could talk to, if Tristan Tate could, at 32 now, could actually sit down and talk to the 60-year-old Tristan Tate. What would the 60-year-old Tristan Tate tell the 32-year-old? Well, how the hell do I know? I haven't lived it yet. Yes, you have. And, and I'm not one of those that says time doesn't exist. Time absolutely does exist. It's one of the, prim one of the four uh, primary expressions of energy, time, space, matter, movement. So it does exist. And it is possible if you get in the right space, you get in the right mindset and open yourself up because it, it's not necessarily that the 60-year-old Tristan would be talking to the 32-year-old, but th think right now, what if the words you're hearing, and I'm speaking to you, Tristan, what if the words you're hearing right now are actually the words that you would say to yourself if you could do this exercise? You know, you that, get the gist of, of where I'm going with this. Well, this perfectly leads on. And I was I said I was going to set myself up for whatever kind of you know public grilling I may get. If this actually perfectly leads on to my final question that I was going to ask you. What advice from what you know about me, how I live my life, what advice would you give to me about how I live, how I act? 
I'm all ears. Be cognizant of the fact that you are an influence to people you will never meet, to people who you will never know exist. Be cognizant of the fact that most of these people are young men, younger than you. I'm talking teenage boys, yeah. uh, young adults, and it's not their fault. Our culture and society, as we, had, we basically started this discussion, is on the downturn, and they haven't been taught things that, that were given even as recently as 50 years ago. They're going to see you with uh, the hose. They're going to see you with the cars. And they are going to, rightly or wrongly, take something from that that perhaps you have not intended. Now, I'm not telling you to to not have the beautiful women. I'm not telling you to change your uh, occupation. I'm not telling you to not have the cars. I am absolutely t not telling you to not enjoy good cognac and good scotch. And we need to, to sit down. I, I got to get you away from those blended scotches and we need to get to some single malts. Okay. We will. That, that's my scene. Um, but just be cognizant of the fact that you know, I, I don't, I don't want you to change anything. I just want, I would suggest, I would counsel you to be glaringly aware that you are being watched. Even if you weren't a public figure, you're being watched. And, you know, there's a, a saying that it's, it's not unique to me. And, and I wrote a, or did a small video on it, a post about a leading from the front. You are, whether you want to be or not, you're a leader. You are, you are a, you know, what I guess the modern term, uh, social media is, you know, you're an influencer. Yeah. Fuck that. But lead from the front. Don't, you know, don't be a general that's at the back. And I, I'm not saying that I think you are, but you know, you put yourself out there, go more out there, but just recognize that there, they are, there are people out there watching you and you can say, this glass is empty and you can hold up the empty glass and there will be some potential troll, some sick person, some person that is just not getting it, that would make an argument about the fact, well, it's not empty there. It's full of air. I mean, I put out a tweet today that, that uh, is I'm becoming more and more vocal in my distaste for masks and for the yes. Um, the um, just kowtowing that people are doing. And we're, we're a year into this. We see how this works now. It is a bad case of the flu. Yes. Something else is going on here. And I'm not talking conspiracy I theories. Agree. I'm not talking any, People are just... And so I'm becoming... It, it's getting out of my wheelhouse of beauty and transcendence and magic and good things. I feel like I can't be quiet anymore because then when the dust does settle, people will say to me, well, what did you do during all this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just kind of, I just kind of stayed out of the way. Oh, you're a fucking coward. Yeah, I agree. And you know, so that's why I've had to step up. Yeah. You know yeah. So, and, and, you know, back to my point about the empty glass, I put out a tweet today uh, 
talking about the young men that you know 75 years ago stormed the beaches of Normandy. Yes, I know. I read the tweet. Yeah. And now that. people are not even can't even have the courage the, the, the courage to stand up to Karen and the manager. Take the fucking mask off. Yeah. But yeah. but there are people that read into. I, I didn't say take the fucking mask off. See, I try to be a, maintain my form and my frame and be a little a little more subtle. Somebody answered back and read into it. Yeah. Yeah, they stormed the beaches of, of Normandy 75 years ago, and now they, they can't even wear a mask. They can't even do the simple thing of wearing a mask. Completely opposed to what my point was. Yeah, and that's the way so, it's always going to be. So this, and that's why I'm telling you, Mr. Tate, be aware of how you present it. You would not, it is very rare that I will ever compose a tweet, uh, send out an email, uh, write a blog post, anything without sitting on it and thinking, all right, what possible way could this be misinterpreted? Mm. Do I need to change your way? And that's part of the reason that I'm so eloquent in the way that I write, because I, I want to make sure, okay, what word best suits this? You know, is, is, do I need to say large or do I need to say grand? You know, I, I don't write like I do to be you know, verbose and grandiose. I write for, for concision and to get across my point as clearly and as elegantly as possible. Live your life that way. Live your life as elegantly and concisely as possible. Well, Mr. Billy Redhorse, thank you very much. This has been absolutely mind-blowing. These podcasts are supposed to be an hour. I don't think they ever will be with my guests. We've been an hour and a half into the show. Um, and I, I don't think anybody who's watched this, there's about 250 to 300 people watching uh, live at this moment. A lot more people are going to see this. I think everyone has something to take away from this conversation and everyone hopefully has learned something. I certainly have. Um, do you want to just end the show by telling everybody where they can find you? Because uh, I mean, you've, you, you've made a lot more fans today. believe me. Uh, well, I, I certainly hope so. And, uh, and hopefully if, if I have made any enemies, they will be good enemies. <laughs> I, like that. Uh, I can be found at uh, gentlemanmystic.com, the gentlemanmystic.com. Uh, of course, Twitter at Billy Red Horse. Uh, Instagram uh, at Billy Red Horse because of all of the craziness going on in the social media world right now with uh, you know, censoring and stuff. I, I, I do not even as anodyne as I can be of uh, the way I post stuff. Uh, the fact that I am getting a little more agitated about uh, mask gives me cause to think that I, 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 I'm on the radar too about possibly being chopped. So I have opened up an account, as you well know, Tristan at uh, Gab, Gab. Uh, it's and uh, another outfit, and, and that's also Billy Red Horse. There's a consistency here. The one place where it's out of character is another social media platform called Minds, Minds.com. Uh, it's actually pretty, uh, pretty elegant, but it's it's really hard to get traction there. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that location, I'm it's reversed because it instead of being at Billy Red Horse, it's at Gentleman Mystic. Uh, I actually had an account with them years ago and closed it because, like I said, it's hard to get traction. But once once a uh, name is gone, they you can't get it back there. It's, it's not like with Twitter. So, but uh, you know, hopefully, when things uh, return to some level of normalcy, I'll be able to get back out and start teaching. And certainly, if uh, the War Room ever shows back up in Atlanta, you know, I'd, I'd love to be a, a an invited guest just to sit in and you know meet meet the fellas because I mean I know. I know, you know, obviously, I know uh, AJ, uh, you know, Mr. Cortez. I know uh, 
money bag. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Mr. A lot of us. Mr. Dillon, Dillon and yeah. all the crew. Yeah. So, uh, um, so, that, and I look forward to it. Absolutely. So all I have to say uh, to you, Mr. Red Horse, thank you very much for joining me. And for you guys watching this at home, you're welcome. That's all I have to say to you. You're welcome. Uh, join me again. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Liv's Talisman. Uh, my next guest, I guess, will be announced within a, a few days' time. Um, it's going to be hard to top this. Again.